EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash insideems. Well, it's that time of the week to go inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Savalero. And with me always is the co-host of the show, of the Kelly and Chris show. I almost said Chris and Kelly. Of the Kelly and Chris show, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how are you doing? That's got to make you just feel better now, doesn't it? I mean, we're using you first. I mean, you probably uh, feel a little bit better about yourself, don't you? I, I do, man. I was I finally found the validation I've been seeking all my life. I, for one time... And first build on, on inside EMS. How about that? Uh, How about that? I've achieved my dream, man. Well, achieved my dream. If that's your dream, then I guess we're done, man. I guess yeah, that's, it's, there's no it's reason all, to go on with this It's all downhill from here, man. It's all downhill from here. So we're coming up. We're here towards the middle of September. And, um, yeah. you know, we're, we're pretty soon. We'll start uh, our uh, push for 200 shows, our fourth year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been doing it for a while. we got to start thinking about an exit strategy, don't you? How long are we going to do this thing? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I think as long as as long as long I, I still cash the paychecks, I'll keep doing it. Uh, are they pay you? <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? Oh my that's what God. I, that's I, what I tell people is somebody was somebody was griping about some some column I wrote the other day and I was like thank you very much but the only literary criticism I pay attention to starts with pay to the order of okay. as long as the <laughs> checks keep clearing that's all that's right all yeah, that's right. the only well it's good to know what your motivation have. is you know people need to be inspired and I guess yours is fueled by the uh, the greenback so. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Exactly. So, you know, One Kelly, I'll be able to move into that swanky double wide that I've had my eye on for so long. That's right. I, I can't wait to see you on the cover of home and trailer. So, I mean, I think that that's really <laughs> yeah. going to work out, but you, I tell you what though, you are putting some pretty cool pictures of your place, man. You are working hard on getting that thing, uh, kind of snazzy, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. The little, the little cottage in the woods is coming along. I've got the man cave moved in, in the back, but with uh i mean what do you uh, got one bead bag chair and a refrigerator i mean what the heck could be in the no, man, man cave? I, it's there's nothing in the man cave right now it's moved in it's 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 it matches the house and everything it almost doubles my square footage and it'll be my my office and my refuge but i haven't finished it on the end i haven't done any work on the inside it's just a it's just a shell right now is it uh, the, is it secondary that, to the to the home or is it yeah, add on yeah, to the home no it's secondary to the home so what did you get? Just like a, I mean, just like a shed, or what did you do? Well, it's I bought a fourteen by thirty two, or a fourteen by thirty Dirksen portable building, one of oh, those yeah. Amishmen. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'll I'll finish it inside. It's got a couple of lofts in it, so I'll I'll set those lofts up for guests. Oh, but uh, nice. mainly, it's going to be my podcasting studio and my workshop and and my teaching studio. I'll have a a smart board and and video set up in it, so I can. I can do video podcasting. I'll, I'll, I'll actually move away from the beanbag chair naked in the living room to actually a chair with a webcam and all that kind of stuff. Oh, You'll be Jesus. able to see my smiling face when we yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's, I can't, yeah, I can't uh, wait for that. Yeah. 
That does sound uh, really, yeah, okay. So anyway, let me go and get back to something that's uh, making me excited. And that is, you know, I think one of the things that we chat about today, Kelly, is, you know, being in the career field as long as we have, you know, we started off all the same. You know, we start off sitting in the truck, and then little by little, we start to think about what are our next steps to get out of the truck and move our career through EMS. Now, we go back to the old expression, is EMS a career field or is EMS a stepping stone? And, you know, a lot of people use it as a stepping stone, and they go on to nursing school or medical school or, mm-hmm. you know, the fire departments. and. You know, if we if we embrace the fact that EMS is a stepping stone, we still need to be able to get the very best out of the people who are working with us. So uh-huh. I, I guess we think about career progression. What's the best way to leave the right seat of that truck and move into the next step of career, i.e. Uh, FTO, supervisor, you know, clinical coordinator, instructors? So I thought it'd be great really to kind of put the show into a direction to give the guidance of if you're looking to do more with your EMS career, what's the best way to, you know, focus your career in getting out of, and I don't want to say getting out of, because to me, even after all these years and all the different positions, to me, there's still no better job in the world than sitting in the right-hand seat of that ambulance and responding to those emergencies. Mm -hmm. But I think we give some advice today on how to take those next steps. What do you think? I think so. The first piece of advice I'd give is invest heavily in lip balm and banaca because, you know, supervisors really want, you know, they they want your lips lush and moist. (laughs) I don't know what what you're doing down in Louisiana, but uh, I guess that does kind of make (laughs) sense, you know. But, uh, you know, but I think that there is a certain amount of understanding that goes into those leadership processes. So let's first think about you know, what's the process that I need to be able to do, Kelly, as a paramedic to put myself in a position to even think about applying for a position outside that truck? Well, I think first of all, mindset, you, you you have to understand that EMS is, is really long on managers and really short on leaders. And we've talked about the management versus leadership style uh, in this podcast in the past, but it's true. We we got way too many managers, not nearly enough leaders. So I I think when when you're selecting uh, uh, your future managers and your future leaders and and senior people at your organization move up the career ladder, uh, that the good EMS agency and, and the good management team looks at people with certain character traits rather than necessarily longevity and seniority and that sort of thing. So you need to really work on those character traits and make sure you display those. And I think above all, uh, mentoring would probably be the number one thing I would look for in, in a, uh, a future leader of my organization. I would, I would look for someone who not only possess clinical excellence uh, and is a model employee, but he also willingly accepts the role of mentoring and shepherding other people in the organization, whether it doesn't even have to be in a formal regard. Uh, you know, you if you're a good uh, supervisor, a good manager, you keep your ear to the ground and you're able to identify those people in your ranks that are sitting in that right-hand seat of the truck that the other employees naturally gravitate to and want to know what would you have done in this situation? You know, that, that guy that, that, Hey, well, I wonder what Sebolero would have done in this call or I wonder what Grayson would have done in this call. Um, and, and that, 
guy is the guy you start cultivating and, and promoting. So the key is, is, is to be that guy and be visible in that role, I would think. And I think that one of the things that you got to think about as well is regardless of where you are in your career, you're going to make the determination one day or another that you're going to move on. Now, maybe yeah. <clears throat> maybe you're going to move on to a fire department. Maybe you're going to move on to nursing school. Maybe you're going to move on to medical school. But one of the things that you've got to think about is I've run across a lot of employees that have had a lot of disdain, that have had a lot of, they've been indignant when it's come to working in the EMS career field. Then, you know, me as a leader, I'll get a call from a fire chief to say, hey, tell me about that Kelly Grayson. I got to tell you, I mean, he's, he doesn't have the best of attitude. He wears his uniform mm-hmm. like it's a blanket. He doesn't show up to work on time. He complains about everything. So from the very beginning of your EMS career, you are developing a legacy of who you are as a practitioner, yeah. who you are as a teammate, who you are as an employee. And the best advice that I can give you to start is you got to do your job better and cleaner than the next guy because you're going to need references if you're going to move into those positions. Same thing as if you're going to become an FTO or if you're going to become a a, a supervisor or a duty officer or whatever it is that step is in the interim before you get a full-time supervisory role. You know, there are people that will... You know, the, they'll uh, take supervisory roles, and I just found out somebody that I uh, worked with in the past is now a, a duty officer, and I said, really? What kind of job are they doing? Only because I knew the attitude that they had prior to them moving into uh-huh. that position, and he was not the best of employee. Uh, on the other hand, there was an, another paramedic, a female paramedic, who really dedicated herself, who really kind of said, I want to make a difference, but I was surprised that she moved into the supervisor realm because I thought more of her her acumen would have been uh, instruction, would have been more from the clinical aspect, more from the operational aspect. So now as I look at people and think about, you know, what does their future hold? And sometimes as leaders, you've got to be able to see the potential in people before they see it in themselves it truly starts with your attitude it does you know and and we we lose sight of that fact because when you're early on in your career you're still learning your craft you're and and you're still young and starving you know and and you're trying to uh your your life revolves around your next paycheck and your next patient um and and that's as far as you get i I wrote a column on that regard uh, in that regard some time back about you know how it's all well and good for us to talk in lofty terms about ems advocacy uh but we have to realize that the rank and file of our profession um can't focus externally uh and and look at where the profession is going and, and their role in it and and that sort of thing because they're still struggling away and hack chipping away at those lower rungs on on uh maslow's hierarchy food shelter security you know that sort of thing and it's real hard to to uh to turn your eye to a leadership role when you're still um making it from patient to patient and paycheck to paycheck but once you've gotten to that point and you've gotten into a comfort zone and, and you're you're in your groove you have to realize that that you need to be building your brand and we don't we're we're often not cognizant of the of the brand that we're subconsciously or unconsciously building, and the reputation we're developing uh, developing among uh, our, our peers. Um, we might be known as a great clinician, but a jerk, uh, or we might be known as 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 a fun guy and and the the, the guy you most want to share a beer with afterwards, but it's not really serious, you know. And and 
that sort of perception among your peers, because uh, face it, when you move up the career ladder, they're going to people be the people that you're supervising one day. Um, so how you're perceived among your peers is, is important, and we, we need to be cognizant of that, uh, of the attitude and the image we project. You really start need to start building your brand. Um, and and I, that sounds so cheesy to say it that way, but that, that really is who it is. Um, uh, Nancy has a, has a very, uh, one of her favorite sayings is, is perception is reality. Doesn't matter what the real person is like, uh, or, or what they're like in real life. If other people perceive you in a certain way to them, that's their reality. And you have to be aware of that, uh, and take that into account and how you, uh, how you portray yourself and, and how you project yourself to others. Yeah. One of the um, things that, one of the things that we don't do well as leaders is we like to brand our employees. When we see something we don't like, automatically their cancers or their problem child. Exactly. And and as soon as we get those uh, as soon as we get those ideas in our in our head, that's that label that stays. So one of the things that we have to stop doing as as leaders is is branding our employees with uh, something that may not even be true. But I think one of the things and I think that's a I think that's a mistake that managers make, but I think that leaders uh you know are are have enough fundamental introspection that they that they'll ask themselves why does this person have this attitude? You know, why is he unhappy? Yeah, before I label him a cancer, what made him that way? You know, and I think that's one of the things that distinguishes a, a manager from a leader. A manager will automatically brand you as a cancer and bludgeon you uh, into submission with the protocol, policy and procedure manual. But a leader will go, am I failing this guy somehow? What, what, what's, what's burnt him out on, this, on, on our agency? Yeah, and that's where good coaching comes in. You know, yeah. so one of the things to think about as well is so now that you've got that attitude, you need to remember that y- y- your time in an organization may come faster than you think it will. I remember uh, a young EMT who came in who said, I'm only going to do this job for a couple years until I can get on with a fire department. And now 12 years later, he's still in the same organization, now working towards his bachelor's degree in EMS management. So one of the things that you've got to think about is there may be a transition, there may be a switch that says, you know what, maybe this is going to be my career. And earlier behavior, because you think you're moving on to bigger and better things, Uh may not necessarily be true. And time happens very, very quickly. And, you know, the the old movie, uh, Kelly, you know, Mr. Holland's Opus, where here is a guy, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but this was a guy who oh, yeah, wanted to be, movie. yeah, and he wanted to be able to move on to bigger and better things. And one of the things that he needed to do part time was, you know, he became a teacher, just, you know, kind of summer school. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, he, he had a kid and, and, you know, 30 years later, now he's retiring. One of the things that you've got to think about is this could very well end up being your career, even though you don't think it may be in the, uh, in the short term. Oh man, that, that, that's me. You just described me. EMS was going to be, uh, a stopgap uh, career till I could pay off some student loans and I can get back in college and go to med school. But, but calculus beat me two falls out of three. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, um, perhaps I should, uh, perhaps I, I'm, I'm good at EMS. I, I'm, maybe I should stick with it and, and see if I can make a, uh, a full career out of it and, and one day actually make a living at it, <laughs> you know, instead of, instead of being paid in job satisfaction. Uh, but I'm, I am that guy, sure. you know, and, and, and the career field is better for having you. So how about that for well, a, yeah, oh, how about thank that? you yeah, so very much. Well. So I, and I think that one of the things that you need to think about as well is the taking those next steps. So 
when are you ready now to take the next step? So let, let's go ahead and talk about a progression, maybe into the field off, uh, field training officer positions, or maybe those duty officers. And when I talk about duty officers, Kelly, they're called different things in different organizations. Yeah. This may be a part-time supervisor. This may be a fill-in supervisor. Uh, this may be a duty. I mean, whatever it is that you call them in your yeah. organizations, you don't have a full-time role, but sometimes when the supervisors are out on vacation or they're busy doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever they need people to fill in for him. So now as you start to think about, am I ready for this? How do I prepare for those two roles? Well, we have, uh, in, in our agency, we, we start off with, uh, our, our senior medics and, and the ones that show some, some clinical acumen and, and some teaching ability, uh, become preceptors. And we have a formal, formal, uh, preceptor program where, where new hires and, and students are, are, are put with those particular people, but we're, we're taught coaching skills and, and how to document those, uh, document, uh, people's progress. But that's probably the first step in, in the high, uh, up the hierarchy. And then, uh, then you have the alternate operations supervisors positions where, you know, as you said, you fill in. Um, but I think the first thing that that's going to have to be, uh, in your skill set is, is clinical acumen and clinical excellence. Uh, you can't progress beyond that. Well, um, let me rephrase that. You can progress beyond that. You can be in many, many EMS agencies around this country. You can be suitably mediocre, uh, and just hang around long enough and you'll move up the career ladder. Uh, and you, you can become a supervisor without ever being a good paramedic, but to be a, a, good supervisor and a stellar, um, member of, of the management and the leadership team. Uh, I think you, you need to have some street cred, uh, among your subordinates being a good paramedic. But I think first you, you start, um, uh, aside from doing your job exceedingly well on the truck, um, and that mentoring aspect, I think there, there are leadership, uh, um, academies out there, leadership boot camps. John Politis teaches an, uh, a stellar one. Um, uh, Acadian has a, uh, has a leadership program that's, that's, uh, open to all employees. If they want to take, it. it's called ACES. Uh, and it's a series of leadership and, and management classes, uh, anything from, from fiscal management to public speaking and, and, and all sorts of things that, that will kind of enhance your skill set and, uh, and, and your, your, uh, your repertoire, uh, if you want to think about moving up into management one day, yeah. um, and, and Acadian's not, not unique in that regard. Other companies have those as well. Um, so I'd, I'd first start uh, exploring what kind of training is available, um, to, uh, to you, if you want to move up the career ladder and, and just asking, for those kind of things, asking your leadership team at your agency, hey, what kind of additional training can I get from the company if I want to if I want to, uh, to to move up and make a career of this thing? That asking that question alone uh, will singles you out uh, from the crowd and and puts you a step above your peers. If you go and seek out that training. Um, uh, your, your managers are going to look at you a little differently after that, you know, Hey, this guy's, he's got some initiative and, and, uh, no matter what profession you're in personal initiative, uh, is, is a highly prized, uh, character trait that doesn't have to be an EMS. It can be anything. Um, if you exercise personal initiative, uh, you'll stand out for your peers. I think you bring up a really great point. And, and one of the things that I used to tell, uh, to the EMTs and paramedics was, 
what are your career goals? Where do you see yourself, you know, in the future? And, and people would always say, you know, I, I want to have your job. Man, I love those people. Those are the people that I want to be yeah. able to make sure that I put them on the track that one day they can sit in that chair and that they can make those decisions. Number two is if they say that they want to be, a, well, maybe in three years or so, I want to be a supervisor. The first thing I'll say to them is, why are you waiting three years? And they always come back, well, I want to hone my skills as a paramedic. I want to hone my skills as an EMT. I want to become the best at blah, blah, blah that I can. And that's okay. But then I'll follow up with this question. What are you going to do now to prepare yourself for three years? Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to say, okay, three years from now, now I'm good with my clinical skills and now I'm ready to be a supervisor. Well, when you sit down with me and I say, what have you done to prepare yourself to be a supervisor? What answers are you going to have for me? Secondarily, if you say now I'm going to be a supervisor, does it take you another three years to get ready to be a supervisor with all the things that you need to know? So if mm -hmm. you know that you have a desire to be an FTO, to be a supervisor, to be a manager in this career, you've got, you've got 36 months, 48 months, 60 months to prepare yourself to sit in on that interview. And I would recommend, yeah. you know, what you said was very, very true. A lot of organizations have some leadership training, but there's tons of information out there to learn about oh, leadership yeah. styles and communication skills and conflict resolution and servant leadership and whatever that is. And, you know, when we sit in that truck, Kelly, when we're doing post moves, sometimes we're in that truck for a long time just waiting. Those are great times to reach into your bag, pull out your little folder, and take out an article that you've saved to help yourself grow. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as well, uh, like we've said uh, in this podcast in the past, if you spend 10 minutes uh, a week reading uh, journal articles, it will put yourself in the top 10% of your profession uh, just by that little, little amount of, of education. But those journal articles don't necessarily need to be clinical stuff. You know, you subscribe to the, the NIMSMA, uh, uh, list server and, and follow, uh, you know, read some of the, the, the books and, and the, the leadership, listen to some of the leadership podcasts right there. Your podcast was a great one. Um, uh, I had to throw that in there for you, man. Um, I hope I read it what do you, just like you wrote it. What do you mean was was a good one? <laughs> That's all right, man. We're... But you know, and uh, but you're right. There is a wealth of resources out there, and and um, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, EMS centric uh, for you to learn those skills. Uh, leadership is leadership. Doesn't really matter what. Uh, what uh, profession you've, you've chosen, uh, those skills and character traits are, are, are pretty much universal. Um, so you can start honing those skills uh, early on. Um, I would recommend that, that you know, as you, uh, as you seek out continuing education opportunities at, at your various EMS conferences and seminars and stuff, uh, start checking out those pre-cons, those leadership boot camp pre-cons, and, 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 and go to the admin... Uh, uh, and start looking at the administrative and operational tracks, uh, educational tracks of those conferences, uh, and start becoming conversant in the things that, that are important as you move up the ladder. Like, you know, we don't typically worry about billing and reimbursement issues when we're field medics. Hey, man, I just take care of people. I don't bill. You know, I don't, that's not my bailiwick. But um, that's the kind of thing you need to be uh, conversant in if you're, if you're going to excel. So start looking at those things, you know. And, and, and looking at ways you can participate in, in, and engage in research at your agency. Uh, or at the very least, if you're not in, actively engaged in, in research, uh, how to understand 
research findings and, and, and how to critically ana- analyze uh, uh, scientific research, uh, make you a much uh, much more refined BS filter uh, yeah. for we can spot those people that don't know their confidence interval from a hole in the ground. Right, right. Um, but those kind of things, and, and there's plenty of them out there, and, and the, the cool thing is a lot of it's free. Some of it you have to pay for, but there's a whole lot of it out there that, that's free education to be had. Uh, nice thing about the internet, man. You know, you get the 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 sum total of, of mankind's collected knowledge uh, available with a few keystrokes and a mouse click away, and we use it to look at porn and cat pictures. Oh my goodness! That's so, <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm gonna read the I'm gonna be reading the Bible, sipping on holy water after that comment. But here's another thing that I want to talk about with you. And you know, you mentioned the EMS Leadership Podcast, and I was very, very honored to be doing that podcast with some great leaders. Uh, so check out emsleadership.com, and there's other great podcasts that are out there. You know, Greg Fries, our our, our fearless leader, uh, along yeah. with his partners uh, Rob Terrio and Bill Toon, did yeah. another one EMS Educast. Those archives EMS are still Ed- out there. Welcome to EMS Educast. Oh my God. Stop it, stop it. And then there's another one out there called EMS Garage. But if you're interested in leadership Mm -hmm. topics, I've now started a podcast that is uh, outside of EMS that's dealing with leadership or the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. Go and check it out. But anyway, here's another thing that I want to bring up as we start to get up there in time, Kelly. One of the things that I always encourage people to do is... Uh, you know, they'll say to me, do you think I'm ready for this position? Do you think I should interview for this position? My answer is always yes, because you may not get the position, but at least you're going to get the experience of the interview uh-huh. to know what they're going to ask you. Now, maybe you don't have the skills and you're that you're ready. Maybe you're not in a position to kind of wow the interview panel, but at least if you can sit in some of those interviews and learn the processes and learn the questions that they're going to ask you and kind of have a... a, 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 a I guess uh, a wherewithal as what's going to be happening in that environment, and it decreases the anxiety and gives you a little bit more of a leg up. Yeah, and you know my philosophy in that regard has always been: if you're asking yourself the question, "Am I ready for this?" The answer should be yes. You know, um, you'll know when you're not ready for something. You know, hey, that's not that's not what I'm into right now. I, that's the farthest thing from my mind. But when when those those little questions start to creep in your mind, hey, do you think I'd be a good uh, supervisor? Do you think I'd be a good leader one day? Um, if you're asking yourself that question, that's that's the clue that you've already started to turn your focus outward. Uh, and, and, and now's the time to start honing and cultivating those skills. So if the, if you're asking yourself that question, uh, you should answer it with a yes and get busy, get busy. But that's what we think. We'd like to know what you think. What does it take to, uh, hone your leadership skills and get, and get you prepared to move up the career ladder in EMS? Email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Sebolero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you future leaders next week.